to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And now, Amber and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall. Noise pollution. Is the Hammer and Nigel show? I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is here and joining us in the studio, ready to go off the rails from the Kendall and Casey show. Rob Kendall, Rob, how are you? Great, thanks as always to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. Fantastic interview you and Casey did earlier today on your program with the attorneys. Representing the family of the special needs student yep. in Brownsburg that was forced to eat his own vomit. Yeah. Now, for somebody who is not familiar with the story, this was the story that you broke yeah. uh, last year. Uh, reset exactly what happened and what we're finding out now. So this student, special needs, uh, severe issues, was forced to eat his own vomit. It was on camera. There have been multiple people charged with, with criminal wrongdoing as a part of this. And this poor kid and his mother, they moved to the Brownsburg school system after the the father passed away. They bought the BS line about what a great school system, you know, Brownsburg is and how wonderful the administration is. And they have now been caught in this essential hell trap where they're trying to get some justice from the civil side of things. And they have met these attorneys, one one block of resistance after another from the Brownsburg Community School Corporation, and now it appears the Brownsburg School Police Officers. And again, this special needs child who has some serious special needs was being forced to eat his own vomit in an elementary school. It's not like there's a question of whether it happened or not. It's all over camera. The police have seen it. The prosecutors have seen it. These attorneys have seen it. There's video and people have been charged. Absolutely. And so these attorneys have been on a quest since this poor kid. It came to light because it was a long period of time before this finally came to light because clearly this kid can't articulate what happened to him. They have been on a quest to get justice for this kid and some very, very gross, disgusting people who run that school system over there have put up blockades at every turn uh, attempting to make it as hard as possible for these attorneys to get justice for this kid and his family. So you had the attorneys on your program earlier today. What's the new update? So the new, the new, the big thing, there were really two things, but the biggest thing was they now claim to be in possession of a second video. I believe it's from the same day of this kid being, they allege, abused again, and I believe it's after the vomit-eating incident had happened. So they claim now to have a second piece of video of this kid being abused by members of the school system. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the original story was this very special needs student would go to the lunchroom, would go to the cafeteria, and during lunch, for whatever reason, he would throw up every day. I don't know if he was eating too fast, eating too much, you know, eating gross stuff. I don't know. But there was a situation where this, again, very special needs student was throwing up every day. And the staff, at least 
one time, and it sounds like maybe more, forced him to eat his own vomit. Yeah, and and obviously that's where the criminal prosecution came. So these attorneys have said, look, we need to get to the bottom of this. Catherine Michael, Tammy Meyer, their name, they're awesome, awesome ladies, and they're about so much more. They're not about just getting a payday for this kid or the family. They're about preventing this from happening to other kids in the future. And, you know, they have been operating from the standpoint where they strongly believe this or similar things have happened to other kids. And so they have been on a quest to try to get this information. And we should all want, if something like this happens in our school system, that the school system is going to own up to it and they're going to do everything they can to make it right. And they're going to say, we're going to try to get as much information out there as we can because we don't want this to happen again. Okay, so let me stop you right there. That's where the problem lies because the people that forced this child to do it have been charged. They were arrested. They have been charged. The problem now is that the attorneys for the family, they feel like the Brownsburg schools are not really being you know, on the up and up here. Yeah, they said they basically had to go, I don't know if they use the term judge, but hearing officer, I think was the term they used. Everything they have gotten for the most part thus far has come from the uh, directive of this hearing officer. And you would think, especially the police, would be highly invested in uh, getting this information to these kids or to the to the family of this kid that they would want all the information to come out about what happened about had this kid been abused before was he abused after this video came out and yet according to the this attorney at every single turn this they have been met with objection aside from the horrific vomit eating situation which again just saying that out loud breaks my heart like i'm having a real hard time talking about this story because i hate this what other examples of abuse did you guys discuss well and that's you know they now obviously have, have toured what is known as the quiet room and the quiet room is this room that uh, apparently kids are put into if the school believes that there's some sort of behavioral issue or something that they want to deal with. And apparently these kids are locked in this quiet room for a lengthy period of time and and are, are you know, essentially... Who knows exactly what happens when they're in there, but this attorney, that one of the attorneys, was in the quiet room for a very poor, short period of time and basically said it's like something out of a horror movie. Now, I know a lot of these schools have specific areas in the school or maybe a specific classroom where special needs students or maybe it's students who aren't behaving have to go to. I think a lot of schools have this, but what you're hearing is that there's a little bit more to it than that. Well, I mean, they described seeing, and this is, again, their version of what they described seeing. First of all, they claimed it wasn't marked as such. It was marked as vestibule. So the average person walking past this has no idea that this is going on or what's in there. And they described seeing like a like soiled bean bags, I think were the words they used in there, that this is just awful. That And I've talked to multiple people who have kids who have been in this quiet room. And one kid, one one guy who's a very good friend, whose kid now goes to a private school and is doing very, very well at the private school, it five year, it happened to him five years ago, and it still sits with him, and he had to actually leave the school system. It was so traumatic that he was locked in that quiet room. So you are Mr. Brownsburg. Like Nobody cares more about their community than you do Brownsburg. You go to the council meetings yeah. when there's nobody else there. You go to these meetings. You go to the school board meetings and all this other stuff. You care about that town. 
What are the people saying in your hometown about what's happening? Well, if people started coming to the school board meetings and speaking about this, and to the Brownsburg school system's credit, they have had a lockdown on people in this town for a long time that they're essentially infallible. And if you go against them, well, get ready, bow, you're going to be in for a problem because people believe they don't understand it. They don't know. We're the number one school system. We're the best school system. They're real in the quick state. to brag about that. Yeah. Like, I have no affiliation to Brownsburg schools at all, but I know they're marketing. We're the number one school system. And nobody knows what that means. They don't realize what percentage of people that means actually still fail the test. They have no idea. But people want to take pride in their community, and this has been a narrative that's going on for years there. But a lot of people have begun to speak up at these school board meetings about this because this is just ridiculous. This is a kid that is the most vul- amongst the most vulnerable amongst us. His mother, as my understanding, was, a, was an employee of the school system, and their whole life has been wrecked by failures of people who work either for the school system or who were there in the school system. And the fact that they're not taking ownership of this is just gross. Have we heard from the principal or the superintendent or any folks that have any sort of authority over this situation? Yeah, I actually have uh, audio of their commentary. Would you like to hear it? Yes. Are you ready? This is a Hammer and Nigel show exclusive. (laughs) No, of course not. They just send attorneys out and they gum this up and they're trying to just make these attorneys' lives hell as they try to get justice for this kid because it's It's not about helping the kids. So, again, if anybody wants to hear that conversation, uh, go to WIBC.com, the Kendall and Casey page. Uh, This was a great conversation. Lasted two uh, segments. Appointment listening. What's next in this story? Well, they're going to—they're trying to get people to come forward. They've set up a voicemail line, a hotline, which we gave the number out during the during the interview because they need more people to come forward because they're trying to continue to push forward to get more information, and they have to have evidence or or, or uh, testimony in order to get this hearing judge to continue to give them stuff, which is how they keep getting this information because of the uh, full court defense being played by the Brownsburg School Corporation. Look, I knew after we got through these local elections that we were going to start seeing a gradual buildup to 2024. It's a big year, right? There's a governor's race. There's a Senate race. The presidential election. It's all happening in 2024. But I thought we would at least get past Christmas before we would start seeing a crap ton of commercials. No, no, Hammer. There's too much establishment money to be spent. No, I was watching a football game the other night, and I think it was the... uh, Monday night game. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Actually, it turned out to be a pretty fun ending. Uh, but I'm already seeing, like, when the local spots come up on these yeah. national broadcasts, lots of commercials for the governor's race. And is this normal to well, be seeing this many races for the governor primary? Already? No, but the, you got you got five kind of mainstream people running, and they all have infinite money. Brad Chambers is obviously very wealthy, and he is now uh, raking in the dollars from all the favors he doled out. Is he the rich guy in this field, or is that Braun? Which one? They're all rich. Like, if you're doing, like, the NCAA seeding, who's the rich guy? Yeah, so Brad Chambers is the Thornton Mellon of this uh, this operation. He's got more money than Braun. Yeah, yeah, well, he's got, he's, I don't know who's actually technically richer, but Brad Chambers was the head of the IEDC, the Economic Development Corporation, and so he's got so many rich people that he doled out favors to, you know, either through tax incentives or abatements or whatever, that he is going to have in 
infinite money, and so that's why he's already started. I think he gave himself like five million dollars to start, just to, you know, a little seed money to get the sure. get the process. Who started. hasn't done that? Well, before. absolutely. When um, I opened up my Bet Rivers account, I put five million dollars in there just to kind of get me going. Uh, nothing says I'm one of you people like putting five million dollars <laughs> of seed money. And you got Braun, who's obviously very wealthy. Doden is super wealthy. Suzanne Crouch is a fundraising juggernaut. So I mean, you've got at least four of these people who have multi-million dollars sitting in an account ready to spend. And meanwhile, Curtis Hill's outside with a banjo, <laughs> and he's got an open suitcase hoping anybody could just give him some money. Remember the scene in Blues Brothers where Louis Tully is running from the, the Zool or whatever it is, and he sticks his face on the window at the fine dining <laughs> restaurant, and everybody just kind of looks at him and then goes back to eating? Yeah, that's Curtis Hill. Uh the thing is, I like Curtis Hill, though. I know he's been on your program. I think he was on this past yeah. week. and But he just doesn't have enough friends, does he? Well, you got to raise a lot of money, and he's not great at raising money. And he's got a lot of grass. Because the people that have a lot of money don't like Curtis Hill. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be his problem. And he's going to have an issue probably getting the signatures, too. I mean, unless you're Todd Young, you got to get 500 signatures in all <laughs> nine congressional districts. And that's a that's a hundred $150,000 operation. He's got a lot of grassroots support, but man, you got to be on TV. You got to be able to be on radio. You got to be in these digital platforms. And he's. He's just not doing well raising money right now. So you've seen the campaign rollouts, a few of the commercials handicap this thing for us. Like right now, here we are, November 16th. We're about a year away, a little less than a year away from picking a new governor. Who's is it to lose? Oh, yeah. It's friend of your friend, friend of the show, Mike Braun. Uh, I just think he's got too much money. He's unoffensive enough. He's not done anything egregious as a senator. I know Doden's running ads against him right now with that qualified immunity. Is this going to get nasty, though, between now and the primary in May? Oh, yeah, to be John Candy in planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh, sure, sure, sure. sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, brother. It's going to be just a a great season for us. It's a a Christmas miracle come in November. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show.